Hello, everyone. I am Nicole Farrell. I am based in the Caribbean, in Trinidad and Tobago. Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewafo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now, let's get started with this episode. My business is Okunwa Events, and in that business, I wear three hats, that of image and reputation coach, public relations consultant, and personal stylist. So I coach professionals in how to be more confident during public speaking and media interviews, and I also give other types of coaching as well, right, in terms of the image coaching side of business. That's it for now. That's very good. The coaching side of business is absolutely important. I, I love yeah. that <laughs> because, you know, uh, we are not all uh, born perfect to know everything we want to do in life. So we are in it. So we need some time. We need coaching. We need someone to help us. to so tell us this is what you need to do. This is how you need to approach this. So yeah. your work is particularly important. I love it. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And you see, a lot of times yeah. people feel, well, you know, this is me and I don't know if, you know, I could be anything different. But how would you know if you don't try? And then there is the old saying, practice makes perfect, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But if you don't try, how are you going to know whether you are able to progress exactly. here or not? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. All right. That, that leads me to, a, in fact, actually one of the things we are discussing today. Uh, we are discussing two things today, which is uh, we're talking about... Uh, uh, public speaking and also self-confidence. I think both of them actually are linked together within the, the business ecosystem. Uh, talking of uh, uh, practice, uh, make perfect and things like that, I want us to, uh, I want you to first of all speak on, uh, on self-confidence. Uh, now, some people don't know, uh, they don't have the confidence to be able to put their face there and say, yeah, this is me, this is what I want to do. I am the one saying this. So they rather pretend to stand behind and start talking because they don't have the confidence. So the first question is, uh, where does confidence come from? So that some people should be able to build their own confidence to stand for themselves, stand for their business and say, this is what I'm doing. I can do this for you because I know how to do it. Not that they don't know how to do it, just because they don't have the confidence to say, yes, I can do it. So where is that coming from? Well, the thing is, I have encountered that same issue with clients and associates alike. You know, they're afraid to put themselves out there. They're afraid to do public speaking in any form whatsoever. And like I was saying before, it's something where they feel, well, I don't know if I can overcome it. Now, as for where self-confidence comes from, sometimes you're born with it and sometimes you learn how to be confident. So just using myself as an example first, when I was very young, um, I was shy, but I was not lacking confidence. You know, I wasn't painfully shy, but I, you know, you give me a stage, whether it's to dance or to a, a theatrical production or whatever the case is, sing, whatever. I was like, I am ready. You know, but I was trying other than that. But once you gave me a state, it was like somebody totally different. And in spite of being shy, 
I just I just had a sense of self-confidence. But I do understand that not everybody is that way. Not everybody feels comfortable within their skin. Not everybody feels as if their voice should be heard. And not everybody feels as if they have something worthy to contribute, right? So you're either born with it, which is great because it's always there and you can easily tap into it whenever the need arises. Or like the clients that I have, I have to coach them into becoming more confident about whatever areas they're lacking in. So for instance, there are some people who they do not like to be in front of a camera at all, whether it's for photo shoots or for a live television um, interview or like a podcast like this, they are just deathly scared of it. So I have to tap into them and get them to a point where they focus on what their goal is as opposed to what their fear is. Now we acknowledge the fear, but we have to also concentrate on the goals itself. So that's how I get them to that point because they may have a television interview to do and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know. And I have to say, well, okay, let's try this. So during our coaching sessions, um, I would show them instances or situations that can happen during that time. And they, we practice how they can work around those things and, and present themselves in a confident manner. So how much um, uh, uh, work of self-confidence do you have to do with your, during your coaching? It's funny. It, it really depends on the client. There are times I would see a client blossom after one session, like I have two hour sessions for one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching sessions. Um, I have group sessions, they're like four hours, but the one-on-ones are for two hours. And there are some clients who they blossom after, after one session. And what I do, I would film, I would record snippets of our sessions and I would send it to them. And what, even when I look back at it, I can see the difference between when they started that day and when they finished. So it really depends. So one might blossom after one um, session. Some might take some weeks to really fully get into it. So they have like incremental success as they go along. Now, now from your understanding, um, looking at people that you work with or people that you talk to, uh, would you say that uh, there are things that are leading to self-confidence in people? Uh, maybe, I don't know, this can be um, from their birth or based on their experiences in life. Uh, what are those circumstances, those situations that lead to lack of self-confidence in people? Yes. You definitely hit the nail on the head because that is something that is very real when it comes to people. So as a coach, one of the things I like to do is just have conversations with my clients because sometimes that, that clues me in to past experiences they may have had, to their background, to their mindset. So when I understand them from that perspective, then I can say, okay, you know what? During our sessions, I need to do X, Y, Z because this will draw them out a little more. So it's a little bit of psychology that comes into there. Um, I didn't formally study psychology, but I love psychology. 
and I'm a Google psychology graduate. So, you know, I, I use that as well because you really need to understand your clients because all of my sessions are customized. I don't just bring you in and then I tell you, okay, do this, do that, do the other. No, before they even start, I have to find out what their problem areas are. And then through our conversation or conversations, I can see, okay, this is the approach that I need to get. So what I've seen with some people is they may have come from backgrounds where they had an abusive spouse, especially an emotionally abusive spouse or mentally abusive spouse. Some may have been bullied when they were children. Some may have been not fully supported by their parents and their immediate family. So they have this inferiority complex. So there are a lot of different things that can come into play with each client. And so when I understand what their background is, because sometimes they really do confide a lot in me and it's not something that I take for granted. So once I learn those things, I can incorporate it and I can say, well, okay, maybe I should use this slant with them or maybe I should use that slant. And as we go along, we just work at their speed. How do you manage to get to those points? I mean, now, of course, they have confidence in you, so you'll be able to help them because if they are just superficial, you would be able to help them at the end of the day because that is something that they are hiding. Because like you go to meet, uh, meet a doctor, you are sick. If you if you are sick, uh, you have a particular sickness, you go to the doctor and you tell a lie to your doctor, the doctor is going to treat your lie. But yet, then you go home with your own sickness. With, with me, you are not treated, though. So uh, sometimes you need to do some work to sort of help them open up to you because now we are talking of even confidence, happy to build confidence in self to open up to you that they have lack of confidence so that you then help them to build. I think, like you said, that is a, a lot of, Time that you're going to put into it it's not just a, a magic thing like that so what exactly. did you take me to the process how does it work to sort of get them to that point one of the things i i tell clients all the time i can want the change for you i can want you to grow and evolve but you have to want it yourself i cannot want it more than you want it for yourself and I also tell them, you know, I could, I could take your money. I could just take your money. And if you do well, you do well. If you don't do well, you don't do well. But that does not work for me because I want to see people win. So once I am very clear about that and I'm like, okay, if you're in this, you're in this, let's do this. Then we go ahead. So my process is they may come to me and say, well, hey, you know, I wanted to get, let's say, media training. They might be an entrepreneur and they want to do a series of magazine features and uh, television and radio interviews. So they'll be like, you know, I just want to get some coaching. That's all well and good. I'll have a consultation with them, find out what they think their problem areas are. And if they have any recordings of themselves, you know, within the recent past, that can clue me into some of the things that may be a problem for them, I would let them send it to me as well. And the reason why I do that is because they may not see certain things that I would see. I have a trained eye for certain things. So they may say, well, my problem is ABC, but maybe when I watch a recording or when we're in a session, 
I am seeing D-E-F-G-H, right? So after our consultation, I say, okay, if they have a recording, they send it to me, I check it out, and then I would customize my coaching to, to suit them. Now, I do have staple areas that I would focus on. So for instance, dealing with problematic or distracting um, interviewers, right? Or I may, be, I may give a session where they're dealing with distractions within a studio. There are different you know, elements of the media training that I will do. However, based on their problem areas, I would customize the, the session. So we would get to that point, I would test them out, and as we go along, I give them tips. So I start off where we do like an overview, and one thing I love to do is role-playing because it really puts them in a gear. So instead of you coming to me and I say, well, okay, when you're talking, um, say it this way and say it that way and do this and do that. No, that you're not really learning then. So I like them to go through the process physically. So for instance, if they want to be a speaker, a public speaker, I would say, okay, I'm going to call on you and introduce you and you will get up from your seat and walk to the stage area. And uh, I remember one client in particular, she was someone who spoke about confidence a lot for her, her work. However, when we did the simulation, the role playing, when she was walking up to the stage area, she looked nothing like confidence. She looked so meek and so intimidated. And I had to draw that to her attention. And she was not even aware that she was giving off that. You see? So she may have thought she just had one particular issue that she had to address. But we also had to address her body language, which is another thing that I coach people on. Because everything works together. It's not just about having a passionate speech or having a cute speech or a funny speech, everything works together. And in case y'all didn't know, you are judged from the very moment you walk onto the stage from the wings or from the moment you get up from your seat to go onto the stage. So you have to start setting the tone from the, the time your name is called to go on stage. That's when you're judged from. Thank you so much for that, Nicole. You're um, welcome. Uh, let's say there is an individual who do not yet understand why we are even talking about uh, self-confidence here. Why would you need to uh, boost your self-confidence? What is the important? What is the use for it? Help us understand that. Generally speaking, when you're doing public, public speaking, you have to command the attention of the audience. Every audience is different. You have different demographics that you're dealing with, people from different backgrounds. So you may have a very corporate audience who is, you know, they may be a bit stoic, they may be, they may want to laugh, but don't really want to laugh, that kind of thing. You may have a more laid back audience. You may have a young audience, an old audience. So sometimes you really, you really have to adapt to the different types of settings, right? So having confidence right away it kind of gets people's attention because if you're walking up that's what people start to concentrate on the negative aspect 
So if you're looking meek and intimidated and as if you're frightened, that's what people start to focus on. But why is she looking so frightened? Oh my gosh, she's not accustomed to speaking. Why is she looking like that? You know, that kind of thing. And so they start to focus on the negative instead of listening to even what you have to say because they're distracted by your body language or your nervous movements. So you may have somebody who is giving a presentation and they're nervous and they're they're only fixing and, you know, and they're just, you know, and it's, it's just so distracting, you know, or sometimes they're using their hands too much and, you know, they're, and it's like, what is going on? And this is where the control and the confidence comes in because your actions need to be a little controlled instead of very jerky, which is distracting. And like I said, if you have the confidence, it helps people to tap into you a little more. Now, is it that if you lack confidence, you cannot do a presentation or a speech or a media interview? Sure you can. Yes, you can. But as a as a professional, I can look at an interview and I can tell when somebody is uncomfortable, when they're nervous, when they have that negative body language or when they, they're just not trained in certain areas. So confidence is important. And sometimes you have to fake it even when you don't feel that way. But it really taps into it because, you know, it, it comes like, like cooking. You can cook. It's just how you can cook, right? Can you cook well? Or can you just cook to not, not have people die? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like you, you have to, to have that extra oomph for people to get it and, and to be memorable because you don't want to have a speech or something. And, you know, by the time people reach their cars or they reach home, they, they don't really remember anything about you, right? You want to be memorable as well. And confidence goes a long way. All right. Thank you so much for that. You're you are speaking to people. You are talking to people. Uh, you are actually sending a message to people. Of course, I'm going to ask you some few questions there as we move on just now uh, related to maybe body language and even the nonverbal communication because you are communicating anyway. Even when you open your mouth like this, you are still communicating. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. So my first curiosity now is uh, how do you really develop this act of communication, this, uh, okay, communication, speaking? public speaking, how do you develop this ability so that when you take a microphone or you are uh, sitting, of course, at home, you are talking to somebody, you are able to talk convincingly, not just maybe shouting on people or because when you, I usually say that when you take up even your telephone and call, even the person you are talking to don't need to see you with your voice. The person is able to know that there is, there is tension in you. You are happy, you are not happy, you are you are not sure of what you are saying, you are sure of what, even though you don't know what you are saying, but you are sure of what you are saying, you know. So all these are, they are very subtle, but very important when you are speaking. Now, how do you learn it? That is the question. The thing about it is, it's, it's I, I like to think you should have continual um, training where this is concerned. Uh, and just as a side note, just recently I was watching uh, a clip 
of these celebrities and they were doing media training. They have been in the industry for about 20 years or, or 20 something years. I think it's about 20 years. And they're still doing media training because things change and you have different points of growth within your life. Who you were now is probably not who you were 5, 10, 15 years ago. So you always need to develop yourself. That's that's one. Two, even for me, I have been in media and entertainment for 20 years as well. And one of the portfolios I have was of a radio personality. And I always say I loved being a television personality and a radio personality. But what I loved about radio was you only had your voice. That was the only thing you had to draw people in. And so you have to learn how to use your voice to attract people and to keep people focused. So again, it's not just about your words. It's about, you know, your tone, your intonations, your inflections, and all of that comes with practice. Because if I were to even come on here and say, you know, if you asked me how I was doing, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. No, you know, you just have to do it. Like, that is so flat. There's no personality to it. There is no kind of oomph to it. And it's like, oh my gosh, what the, her vibe is off. You know, her energy is off. And energy is a real thing as well. So using your voice is also a powerful part. Even if you're doing... um let's say a television interview or a podcast interview like this, it's still important to know how to use your voice. And again, it, it comes with practice. So for instance, there, there was a client that I had who her voice used to go up really, really high when she got excited about something. So we were doing this simulation where I would ask her about her business. And she would be talking and then all of a sudden she would just go up and up and up and up. And I said, okay, stop. All right. So it's not that she had to speak in a monotone, but because of how high pitched her voice started getting, that could have been a problem for people who were listening. So we had to learn how to neutralize her, her voice a little bit so that it wasn't so squeaky and distracting. Right. And you don't have to have a perfect voice. Sometimes I don't even like how my voice sounds. Right. Because <laughs> sometimes in a record, I'm like, why am I sounding like that? But, you know, but at the end of the day, generally speaking, you'll get it and you'll be able to to perform well. But it, it comes with practice as, as with anything. All right. Thank you so much for that. Uh, now, another thing that I'm trying to understand now is um, how do you use body language? When you are doing public speaking, I want to believe that this is very important for people that are doing public speaking. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll give you a few examples. So if you, like I was mentioning the client before, where she was walking on stage and her shoulders were slumped and, you know, she was walking as if, you know, she was walking on eggshells. She was just walking so gingerly and I'm like, what is going on? So that is one example that kind of cues people into you being very uncomfortable and not very secure in your own skin. 
Then there was, um, I remember when I was a television personality, we had a guest on. And when it was time for us to start the actual filming, he, he sat down like this. So I'm looking at him and I'm saying, okay, we're about to start. So, you know, let's get ready because I'm thinking in my head, um, excuse me, your posture. <laughs> okay. Like your whole, like what is <laughs> Want to show up or something? <laughs> yeah, like, are we in your living room, you know, on your sofa? Like what is going on? You know, and they were representing their brand. And yes, you want to be comfortable and look comfortable. But there's a way to be professional and comfortable at the same time. And what that is going to suggest to some people with this kind of body language is that you don't care. You don't care enough to portray or project yourself in a particular manner. Now, other examples of body language, like if I, you know, I just drop back like that, you know, that does not suggest that I am fully engaged in what's going on, right? So even just being upright and focusing and, you know, you have your head straight and, and you, you know, your, your whole, you know, you leveled in terms of your face, your shoulders, your chest and all of that. Because I'm not even leaning back on my chair because what I realize is when you lean back on your chair, it gives you a bit, one, too much of a relaxed um look but it also kind of makes you not seem as if you're fully engaged another thing like i was saying nuvas nuvas habits which some of us are not we're not even aware of so you may be talking but you're only fidgeting with you know with your ring you know every minute you're talking and you're fidgeting with your ring or you know you're fixing your sleeve or you're, you're fixing, you know, your top or your tie if you have on one or you're fixing your, your necklace. All of these little things, they're nervous gestures. And what happens is that that makes people focus on what you're doing as opposed to what you're saying. So you have to be very careful. So that is why during my coaching sessions, I draw this to their attention through our role thing because they have to get into that zone as if they are giving a radio interview or a television interview or they're doing a speech or whatever the case may be. Um, one other thing, and men and women do it as well, if, they're, um, if their legs are crossed, they'll kind of, you know, be doing their foot like that. You know, you ever saw people do that? They're always like shaking their foot or shaking their, their leg. And it's very distracting. And it suggests that you're not comfortable either totally or you're not comfortable with the line of questioning that is happening during your interview or whatever the case may be. So it may be something very, 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 very subtle as your facial expression, or it may be something a little more glaring. Now, say maybe someone is preparing for, for a speech what kind of preparation should this individual uh, engage in? If, for instance, they have to do a speech, if they can do the speech before our coaching session so that we can go through the speech and they can practice their, their intonations and, and their inflections and all of that, that would be great. So it, it, 
it gives them enough practice to get comfortable with the text so they know exactly how to deliver it. Because one of the things I do as well is speech writing. So they may, someone may give me their ideas or their thoughts. I would put this speech together. So even in a case like that, they may very well want to want to practice doing the, the speech. So for an average person who's just coming out and they want to do, let's say, uh, an address of some sort or speech of some sort, we can start off there. If it is they do not have a speech ready or anything of the sort, then what I can simply do is have a, a dummy script that they can use that may be similar to what they want to do or have some similar ideas and they can practice it as well. And when it comes to interviews, media interviews, radio, television, podcasts, whatever the lives or whatever the case may be, it's a, a matter of us concentrating on what they would even want to do during these interviews. So for instance, if it's an entrepreneur, they would obviously want to talk about their business or a new project that they have or a product that they're, or service that they're going to launch. So we would talk about those things. Now, even though they would know what they want to say about their, their products, they also have to know how to say it. It's the how. I like to say that a lot. It's the how. So you can talk about something, but what words do you use? What phrases do you use? Do you even use language that your demographic would go for, right? All of these things you have to take into consideration. And my background with marketing has really helped me to help clients where those things are concerned, because those are all things you have to understand. It's all part of your brand. So if, for instance, for me, and I know what I want my demographic to be, I can't be out there, you know, talking certain slangs and, you know, saying certain messy stuff and all of that in public, right? So you have to be very aware of that. So like I said, again, my sessions are highly customized so that people know exactly what to do and how to do it. And one of the things that we even do during our coaching sessions is that I help them deal with uncomfortable questions. Because, for instance, you may go to an interview thinking, well, okay, I'm just going to promote my business. I'm just going to promote this product, this launch, this whatever. But you may have an, interview, an interviewer who wants to ask you some messy questions or who may want to get a little bit inappropriate or they may want to go the slant of something political, whatever the case is. And you have to know how to address those things and you have to know how to answer. And what I keep telling people is a lot of those celebrities, you think they know how to answer certain things just off the top of their heads? No, they have gotten media training for it. So who are you as an entrepreneur to not get it? And people say, well, you know, well, there are celebrities, they have the money or they have no you're representing yourself as well so you have to know how to say things and not even during public speaking but even just simply being online and commenting on things because you know things can get a bit hairy on social media 
So even if you want to say something, it's how you say it. Sometimes you say nothing at all. You leave it be. But if you really want to say something, you have to know how to say it. And just to give a quick um, example, I had this, this, this client um, some years ago, and I did a post about her on my business page. And uh, someone came on and commented, and they were very negative and a bit disrespectful. It was, it, it was bordering on being disrespectful. And so she messaged me, and she's like, did you see that post? Did you see what that person said? You know, and I'm like, no, I, I was clueless. So I went and I checked it out. And she was like, you know, I, I have a, a mind to, to go and tell him this, that, the other. I said, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. That's what we're not going to do. All right. So I told her, I said, leave it to me. Let me handle it. Because she was telling me what she wanted to say to him. But if she had said it to him in that particular way, not only would it have come across some type of way, but it could have also hurt her branding as well, which is something you have to be very careful about. So I said, leave it. I will handle it. So I was the one who replied to his comments. And I said what I had to say. I just said it in a particular manner. Right? So it's really all about the with, with a sense of maturity. Yes. You, you see, people get so emotional that they, they feel they have to defend themselves or they feel they have to say something because if they don't say something, then people are going to look at them as some type of punk or something. You know, like, like if, well, they, they don't respect me. Look at how they're talking to me. And I, I get it. You're human. I get it. I'm not discounting the fact that you're human and you have human emotions. But when it comes to your public image, you have to be careful as to how you project yourself. So you, you really have to maintain that fine line. Take a few minutes. Take a few deep breaths. I've had to do it. I've been like, okay, let me just take a few minutes here before I respond to this because I'm going to gonna just you know i give myself a couple minutes and then i i go and you know i respond or whatever the case is so that's very 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 important for people to remember i wanted to tell people how they can connect with you because you are doing business uh, you are here to talk about business to help other people it is good that people know that you can actually help them more so use a few seconds to promote yourself go ahead and do that okay fabulous thank you <laughs> Okay, folks, so there are several ways you can connect with me. Uh, I am on LinkedIn at Nicole S. J. Farrell. That's F A R E L. Or you can reach me on Instagram at image architect underscore Nicole S. J. Farrell. And you can also get me on my business page on Facebook which is Okura Events. It's A-U-C-O-U-R-A-N-T and events with a Z at the end. So those are three options that you have. Or you can get on to me via WhatsApp at 1-868-746-0193. Thank you, baby.
Thanks to you. We are going to be thanking you because you spend your time educating people. That is highly appreciated. All right, now, what would be your final thought here in the conversation that we have had today relating to uh, public speaking and self-confidence, of course, within the area of business, that is our main area of concentration? Yes, thank you. The thing I want people to remember the most is you cannot stay at one point. I get it. We all have our fears or doubts or, you know, there are some people who struggle with anxiety, who say, you know what, I'm an introvert. I, I don't really know how to do this or how to do that. I feel uncomfortable in these types of positions. But the thing about it is we have to push past those things. We have to. If we want to grow and evolve, whether it's it's an as an entrepreneur or as an employee, because I coach both sets of people, right? It all depends on what your goals are. And you have to invest in your personal development. Because one thing I say is on, for entrepreneurs, they invest in a lot of stock for their business. They will invest in pretty fixtures and, and nice brick and mortar spaces but they neglect to invest in their personal growth. And when you're in business, even as an employee, but when you're in business, you have to want to develop holistically. It's not just about making money and creating profits. It's a holistic approach that you should take. So as you go forward, invest in your personal growth. You'll thank me later for it. <laughs> that's correct. That's that's so important. Yes. If that is nothing to take away from there, that is the one. You must yeah. invest in yourself. I think, um, what is the name? Jim Rowe used to say, work more on yourself than you do on your job. That is yeah. very important. <laughs> yeah. And in these times too, because as you can see, our world now, our world now is very fast-paced. Um, everything is changing every few seconds, you know, at least that's what it feels like. So you have to be able to to keep up how you were in 1987 and 1995 and 2009. Mm -mm. You need to evolve from there. And it's and it's a step by step thing. Rome was not built in a day. So don't feel as if you have to accomplish all of these you know, this myriad of things within a month or three months or, or six months. No, you can take your time. But the point is, put the work in. Thank you so much for that. That's what we, we, we call the short today. That will be really very important. It's a key word there. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Nicole. I, I appreciate that. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the platform to share. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A14. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.